Well, greetings, folks, uh, here for another uh, weekly King of Malok. I've been gone for a couple of weeks, been extremely busy, Was uh, just got back uh, late, um, well, actually early Sunday morning uh, from New Mexico. Had three amazing nights there. People healed. Uh, I was still getting testimony backs. One lady's knees were healed. She had very severe uh, degenerate knees. God healed her in the meeting. Uh, inner healing, which was a really big uh, flow uh, there. And it's the topic we're going to talk about today on the weekly Keening Outlook, inner healing. Let's get going. Well, greetings, folks. And, um, you know, I am I am reading um, or listening to, and I'm almost done with, Matthew Perry's autobiography. And, you know, it's been a couple weeks since he has passed. And um, I got to say, um, it's very sad that he's passed. I mean, um, you know, I believe that humor is a very necessary factor in our life. I think that laughing is like medicine. And, and I think that not enough people can just laugh, you know, and, and those who can make us laugh are, are amazing. And, um, you know, the Seinfelds, the Kramers, um, and certainly the cast of Friends made us laugh, made a lot of people cry. Uh, I Yes, I know people will go, yeah, but you know, Lou, there was sin on there. There was sin on all of them. They're not Christian uh, uh, sitcoms. And, and, you know, that's the world. But I, I will laugh when I get to laugh um, because it's good. It's You know, if you've ever been in ministry, you better learn how to have the joy of the Lord and to laugh at things because life is going to come at you. And certainly it came at Matthew Perry. Now in his book, he talks about praying uh, literally a week before the final character, which was Chandler, was cast in Friends. His friend had an opportunity, was actually offered the part of Chandler and asked Chandler or asked Matthew Perry and his other friend, um, which one should I take? And you know, he wanted to tell him, take the other part, but he says, you got to take Chandler. That one is so good. It was, it was, um, I think the original working title was friends like us and everyone knew it was going to be a hit to be honest with you. The, from what he was saying, everyone knew in Hollywood that they had written this new sitcom and everyone to be on it. And his friend chose the other one, which went absolutely nowhere. And then the part came around to Matthew Perry and he nailed every read and one of his one of his really quirky things he did was he would emphasize the wrong word in the sentence and it became like known as like Chandler's speech and it became his little shtick and it was wonderful and we did laugh at him and and we did laugh with him and Joey and Rachel and um, you know, all of them and Monica and Ross. I mean, I, we will watch one or two and at night and just laugh our heads off because it is absolutely hysterical. Same thing we do with Seinfeld. You know, another show that we like to watch is Last Man Standing. Uh, Tim Allen is a genius. Uh, and um, but this was, you know, funny. And, um, you know, what do we do? Well, when you listen to the message, when you listen to his message, um, he spent $7 million getting free from drugs 
and he never got free. And he was so wonderful as he did help some of his friends get free from alcohol and well, not free, but got him into AA, got him help, and they they were okay. Now it all stems in his book from you know his own testimony, his own witness to it was the fear of abandonment because when he was a year old, his father dropped him off, I think, at his grandparents. His mother was very busy. She was actually worked for um, Trudeau, Prime Minister Trudeau's father. I think he was prime minister at the time. So she was extremely busy. And he was afraid that, you know, somebody else would just drop him off. And this affected him and his heart and his fear so greatly that he keeps saying throughout the you know, book, and he mentions the fear of abandonment and feeling of not being enough. And he actually talks about how much he loved Julia Roberts and he broke up with her to her own shock because she loved him. And, um, you know, sometimes, and this is my point, and this is what I want to kind of bring home is, you know, we sometimes in the church want to speak against the fruit and the fruit is bad. Okay. The alcoholism and, you know, alcohol and drugs and the sex is what he was doing. Bad. Okay. It was really bad. And it was all to try to fill the void. We, we have the same thing going on today in transgenderism and homosexuality. 80% of homosexuality, uh, those poor individuals were molested. This is a study done um, and it's, it's sad because, uh, I have, and look, I've been in the trenches where I've, you know, prayed for people, seen people set free over time. Uh, I've prayed for the, uh, woman I've prayed for multiple women who have been molested as kids and are still carrying that in their thirties, forties, fifties, and sixties, and finally get free because they didn't know they could get free. And they would often tell me in mo almost every instance, they would tell me the outward things they were struggling with. And the Lord would say to me, and then I would say to them, the Lord would show me they were molested. And I would ask him, okay, um, you know, I, I can remember this one instance with my my friend of mine, um, Mark Zimmer. He called me because he had a friend who was really struggling with the love of God. And and um, and I said, OK, put her on the phone. And we talked and, and all of a sudden I got the word of the Lord for her. And I said, OK, when you were around 10, who was it that molested you? Was it your father or your uncle? It's one of those two that I see. And she goes, well, it was my uncle. He molested me, you know, when I was 10 and 11. And she goes, how'd you know that? I said, that's not important. I said, but let's get free from this. Let's, let's get free. Cause this is the root. This is the actual root of all the problems. That's the root of, you know, this is what Satan, this is where Satan is masterful at planting a root. This is why showing kids, uh, sexual imagery at the age of five is so devastating. And it's like people don't get it. They think it doesn't matter, except they've never been in the trenches. Okay. This is what I like to say to those people. If I could, like you've never been in the trenches when that trauma bears its fruit and bears its ugly head in their life. And they are destructive in relationships and they are destructive in their life. 
they feel either abandoned or they feel um, dirty or they feel not worthy. They feel whatever trauma, whatever they pick up and feel, it begins to fester into all of their relationships. And it becomes an absolute problem and block to the peace, the love of God that he so wants them to have. Now, God can break through. And um, this is something that I think a lot in the church don't understand about inner healing. And it's not just about getting them to pray a prayer, which is what many Christians try to do. Well, if they could just accept Jesus. Yes, this is true, but they have to accept Jesus rightly, according to the scriptures. What do I mean by that? Jesus didn't come just to save you and send you to heaven. Jesus came to deliver you. He came to actually kill the old man with you as you put yourself on the cross with him and come up out of baptismal waters into new life. The old man passed away. The new man is what comes out. He, he didn't just come to, um, you become a new creation in him, not the old man, the new man. And so there are churches that do not preach the gospel of the kingdom. They preach the gospel of salvation. Believe in Jesus and forgive you of your sins. And when you die, you go to heaven. This is not an evil gospel. It's just not a complete gospel. It's not, uh, you know, it's not a, it's not full of all the promises of God that he has given to us in the preaching of the gospel. I know I know many Christians today, apologetic Christians today, who don't believe in miracles for today, and they think they're right, and they don't realize what they are actually saying is, God doesn't do that anymore. And wow, that's sad to, to think that you have so much knowledge that you could tell God that he can't do his thing anymore. So I, I don't understand that at all. And, um, you know, Matthew Perry has this encounter. Now, his first prayer he prays, he prays the week before uh, they're going to, they got to get the cast set. He's the, it's the last one. Chandler's the last one. He literally prays and says, God, I don't care what you do with me. Make me famous. And a week later, he gets the call for Chandler. And um, he was actually in another sitcom, <laughs> so stupid, it was a sitcom of like 2190. He was going to be a baggage handler for aliens, you know, coming in. And uh, the producers of the show, or whoever they were, actually asked NBC, one of the NBC executives, tell me off record, like, is that going to get picked up or can we go after Chandler? You know, can we go after Matthew? For You know, Matthew. And they said, oh, no, God, no, that's not getting picked up. And so he was free now to become Chandler, which was his part. And you know how like he is so awkward with women. He's nervous. He doesn't always think he's enough. That was Matthew Perry. That wasn't Chandler. And you have to understand that a lot of people act out who they are. Um, so why a lot of things are written about, you know, we don't understand that they're written and it's their experience. You know, it's their it's their life is written into it. We very seldom do they write something that doesn't have an experience. And it was like uh, Jason Alexander and Seinfeld said he, he realized around the eighth episode, I think it was that Larry David was George and that Larry David was writing his own experiences in George. 
the big salad episode was actually Larry David's secretary. So, you know, sometimes we need to pay attention and see the hurting. Now, the cast did find out, you know, I think around season seven, they protected him. They loved him. Um, you know, he was hurting. But what was really, uh, you know, really showed his character was he said, I wasn't going to screw it up for the cast. I was going to do everything I could to be ready on the set. And he was, for the most part, always ready, always there. But he was hurting. He was, you know, and it was, you know, he dated Julia Roberts. And Julia Roberts was the number one movie at the time. And he was the number one sitcom at the time. And, and which was one of his dreams, by the way. So the God of this world gave him what he wanted, fame, made him famous. But it, he realized it didn't feel, it didn't fill the void. And he talks about it very openly in the book that I thought it would fill the void. And I found out all my dreams came true, but they were the wrong dreams. And he breaks it up with Julie Roberts to her shock and to his horror that he did it because he really loved her. And I think she really loved him. And I think this last couple of weeks has been tough for her because I think, you know, I think it's been really tough for the family and the friends. And, and, and it's tough because, you know, the one great thing about a sitcom is that you actually feel like you know them. That's the characters. You actually invest in the characters. That's the magic of sitcoms. Whether it be I Love Lucy, you know, whatever it was, Bill Cosby, um, before we found out he was a serial rapist, you know, you actually invest in the characters. You can't wait to see what they do next week. That's the magic of it, right? And, um, you know, don't get up shocked by it. It's the magic. It's what you do when you read a novel. It's, you know, it's what we do when we're, we're, we watch those things and, and we, we think we know them, you know. And uh, I didn't watch Friends as much as I watched Seinfeld. I got very busy during Friends being out, but I... Uh, I, I've watched it since, and and um, I didn't do like Seinfeld. I was like ready for every episode because I was at work. And then when I wasn't working my job anymore, you know, my schedule wasn't to be home at night. And then of course it also changed after that. You know, it was after Friends, right around after Friends, people started streaming stuff or started, you know, watching on DVD and they watch at their own time frame, and they weren't locked into the to the hourly, you know, time on the network televisions and, and, uh, but he's hurting and he was hurting all the way up to his death. He was really hurting. And the reason was he prayed the wrong prayer. He prayed for fame and cause he literally thought, he said, I would see Billy Crystal at the comic club and I would see this actor and this actor. I felt like they have no problems. They're famous. They have no problems, you know, and he did. And, um, and like Bruce Willis did, even though Bruce Willis would never admit it, he wasn't an alcoholic. He was a functional drunk, to be honest with you. He would party and show up in the morning ready to go, but he wasn't, he didn't have the, 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 and, and you know, some people think it's the gene. I don't know. I just think, I don't think it's a gene. I think it's actually a spirit. Okay. I think it's actually darkness and that brings about the addiction um, what makes one person cross over the other? I don't know. Um, you know, uh, it is an illness when you get that far. You know, it is. It, we used to diagnose homosexuality, transphobia, or transgenderism as illnesses, but we don't do that anymore um, because we have to, like, 
accept everything. And, you know, my attitude is I will, I love the homosexual. I love the drug addict. I don't like the drugs. I don't like the homosexuality. And I will minister to anyone. Um, and that's, and I've had, look, I, people ask me, I say, yes, I've had homosexuals and drug, act, drug addicts in my church, you know, and I've worked with a lot. I've had people on welfare and I've helped them get off welfare. I've, I've worked to help people have a better life, not just to, uh, come to Christ. You know, I'm, I'm, I do a lot of discipling and stuff like that. And I get in the trenches and, and that's what I do. Now I have Denise and, you know, Denise and Jerry Denise is a licensed family therapist and she just passed her licensing and she's phenomenal at it. And I don't have to necessarily get in the weeds with that as much, but this weekend, you know, um, people got healed in her healing. And, um, what was so wonderful to hear this, this one instance, I won't use names, but this one instance, this, you know, couple, I new couple, never met him before in New Mexico. And, sweet, sweet couple. And, you know, I put him in front of me. I began to minister to her and I did not know anything about her. And, you know, I was praying for her and the power of the Lord was hitting her, but I could feel there's some resistance. And I just slapped my hands. I clapped them in front of her face and she went down. Now people don't understand moving in the spirit. I, I don't have time to really explain that to you because if you want to know, let me know in the comments and maybe I'll sit there and, and do a, do a thing about, the crazy stuff we do in the spirit, like Jesus spitting on a man's tongue and making, spitting into clay and making eyeballs and, you know, washing, having a man wash his face. These are the things that sometimes the spirit as it does, they're acts of faith and, and, and you're prophetically, you're following the spirit. And it's, it's not always, you know, Sunday morning reading of the Bible, the word of God, and, you know, it's really stiff. I mean, you, you prophetically flow and you move in the spirit and things. And so I did that and she went down on the ground. No one touched her. I mean, she went straight down and then she couldn't get up. For about an hour and her testimony the next night was this i've never fallen before i'm not someone who goes on the ground i've never had that happen to me where i got slammed to the ground and i could not get up and i in that that to me that's wonderful news but i know there's something there god did something i'm like okay so what happened to you can you mind telling you mind sharing with us shows well i received some healing i said do you mind are you okay with sharing that in front of the group she goes he took bitterness out of my heart now i don't even think she knew she had bitterness but it was her because she, she didn't say she did and my my point to that is you know that's what god wants to do like god want this is a christian this is someone who loves jesus for many years um, but the spirit, the spirit knows. And like, I think about Matthew later on, he's almost dying. He is overdosed. Basically he's taken very dangerous dose of, I think it was Vicodin. I forget. I don't know all the drugs and, um, he, it's really a dangerous dose. It can actually give you seizures. And so they have to call the doctor. Doctor has to give him some drugs to counteract that. And, um, and he was really broken. It's really, you know, and he's telling in his own words in his audiobook. He's literally telling you the story. And and so, um, you know, many people, you know, well, he needed to repent. He needed to come to Jesus. Folks, I don't even think he knew to do that. 
you know, Hollywood's a pretty shielded place. And, you know, we like to cast stones on Hollywood instead of, you know, love the people of Hollywood. We love what they do. They love to make us laugh. And then we go to their movies. And you know what we do? We stone them when they're in trouble. And they're in trouble. A lot of them are way, way in trouble. Okay. They are. It's heartbreaking to watch. And so. And um, the inner healing of so there's so many people in Hollywood that get into acting just because they want the fame, they they want the attention, and they feel it's going to bring them value in in themselves. And they're hurting, and we the church are here to bring healing to them through Christ. That's our job. And even though I will vehemently stand against. Uh, you know, transgenderism and trying to indoctrinate five-year-olds and homosexuality sin, and it's not, it, God will not accept homosexuality. I will say this, I will still love them until I can get to the truth to them and get them break, broken out of that because Christ tells me to love even my enemies. So that's not that hard to do, to be honest with you. But when he's about to, you know, he's scared this night. He sees in the kitchen a little amber light glowing. And when he sees this, he then, um, well, what does he do? He walks towards it. And all of a sudden that light filled the whole kitchen. And he was, as he says, I was in heaven and I felt the love of God. The problem he had was he did not pursue. Now that night he prayed save me, you know, like save me, you know, don't let me die. And God did. Now, I don't know if Matthew Perry ever, I don't know if he's in heaven or hell. It's not my job. Okay. It's not my job. It's not my job to determine that. I know this without Christ, you're going to hell. I know this. I don't know if he accepted Jesus. Who knows if he sat there, you know, after he wrote his book, I have to read the la I have to listen to the last hour and a half of the book. There's about still like four chapters or something like that. It is really well written, by the way, but it is really graphic. Okay. Remember, he's not a Christian. He's F-bombing everything. He's telling you the horrors of his life and his sexual horrors. He's telling you his drug horrors. He's telling you his pain and his darkness. He's, he's talking. I mean, I want you to know that. Like, if you're going to, if you decide to, I decided to listen to the book um, because it was in his voice. And there's some depth in there when he's telling you it. Like, it's not someone just reading it. He's telling you it. He's reading and basically telling you his story. And he's got, a you know, he's a wonderful um uh, writer in the way that he pulls you into it. You feel his pain and all that. And, and I, 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 I feel sorry for him. I feel very, um, uh, sad for his family. I, I wish, you know, as the church, um, that we could have gotten hold of him. I, I just read it. So unfortunately I didn't read it a year ago. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, look, we have, we have ministers that are in the same problem. They are in need of inner healing. They're in a need of their ministers. And they think being in ministry, it will solve the problem. In other words, if I go out there and heal people, win people to Jesus, somehow that's going to 
satisfy me or it's going to make me feel the value I want to feel. But the value you need to feel is in Christ. It, it, it can't be on the stage. It can't be in front of people. You can see ministers falling left and right in this hour. And part of that is because, not because they're sinners, not because they're hypocrites, because they are broken. There was something broken in them. Something happened in them. Something transpired in them that they didn't realize that they were broken. And now what this could happen doesn't always happen to have a childhood. You can get offended. You can get, you know, whatever. And it twists you a little bit. And that's why not only do you always need to repent, you need to also ask God to heal you when you are hurt. Um, and there was an instance in 2009 where man, me and Kathy got into a pickle with a, with a couple. And they were brutal. Um, 2009 and 2011, in both instances, I knew what to do. I went before the Lord and I said, look, I'm really bad at healing myself. So I'm asking you to heal me and I will lean into you for that healing and not myself. I'll still do what you've asked me to do, but I will lean into you every moment of the day for inner healing. And keep me from, I would say, keep me from bitterness, keep me in your love and I remember one instance, I, I can tell you the actual, I can literally tell you the actual night during I was preaching and I felt the arrow come out of my heart. I felt its bitter arrows came out. And then the other one, um, the other one took, oh, geez, the other one took another year and a half, almost two years. And I can remember uh, the Lord healing me. It was on New Year's Eve. I can remember it. And so these are part of my testament. We have, we have pain. We have, um, we have our own battles. And there are many of you Christians, and maybe even not Christians, listening to me. And you're even Christians. You're not feeling the love of God. You're not feeling. Uh, the, you're not feeling the value you should have in Christ. And there's those of you who are in the world and the drugs don't do it and the alcohol doesn't do it and the sex doesn't do it and the perversion doesn't do it. And everything you do, you keep trying to go deeper and deeper into the world and it doesn't fix it. I'm telling you right now, the answer is Jesus Christ. Not just go to heaven. That's wonderful news. But that heaven fills you. He fills you. He sits there and starts mending your heart in a way that you actually live in heavenly bliss you live in the bliss of jesus i look at i i i'm around people all the time who don't know christ and they're not as happy as they want to be or they're not as joyful as they can be and i'm telling you that what i would do to you is, say to you is you begin to pray jesus heal my heart here i am Look, if you don't know Jesus, you 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 pray. <laughs> you go, Jesus, I heard this crazy guy on YouTube, and he said I could call on you and that you would be there for me. So I'm calling on you. And I need your help. I I need you to help me. I'm in a bad place. Let's say that wherever you are. It's not where God wants you. And you go, I'm, I need your help. Would you come and be the Lord of my life? And I'll begin to seek you. 
I'll begin to read your word. I'll begin to learn your ways. And I would like you to please listen to me. Start in Proverbs, Psalms, and the, and the Gospels. Do not read. Start there. Like the Proverbs and Psalms will give you a lot of comfort, and a lot of wisdom, but also get into the Gospels and look at all the places where Jesus healed people. Here's the really wonderful truth. Jesus never said no to anyone who came to him. Anyone who came for healing, Jesus healed. And I want you to know, Jesus does more than physical healings. They were wonderful that he did those, and he still does those physical healings today. But what we don't get to see is the inner healings. But you do get to see it. Zacchaeus is someone who got inner healing. He was a tax collector. Matthew is someone who got inner healing. He was a tax collector. Matthew didn't feel he had value. He was a tax collector. He was hated by his people. And over and over again, we see the inner healing of God in their lives, how they they are just, you know, in love with God, which is how it was intended. And I want you to know, you might be stuck in homosexuality. You might be stuck in alcohol. You might be stuck in drugs. You might be stuck in um, um, heterosexual sex, but it is not doing it for you anymore. You're tired. You're worn out. And you need Christ. You need Christ, and I want you to know that he's there for you. Now, if 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 that um, is scary enough and you want to talk about it with me and you want some help with that, then I'm going to make a suggestion for you, and that suggestion is going to be simple, okay? It's going to be very, very simple. Find me on uh, Instagram. Uh, find me on the website, okay? The link's below, lewisdcana.com. Um, and send me an email. Okay, you can find me at the Gate Church, uh, the Gate Jacks, the Gate Jacks, J A X dot com, and and we have on there a contact form if you want to do that. But you can email me, you could DM me, okay, you can send me a direct, you can comment here and say I need help, and I will reach out to you. And, and we, I don't care if we have to talk to each other on the phone. We'll do that so we can pray together. I don't want to see anyone, anyone. Look, Matthew Perry wanted to be known for helping people. That's what he wanted to be known for. And I can't think of a better way than you come to Christ and get set free from all the pain. And yes, the pain is real. I get that. We're not even going to minimize that. Yes, some horrible things might have been done to you. We're not going to minimize that. What we are going to do is maximize the love of God in your life so that you, it, it not just counteracts, it vanquishes the pain, the hurt, and the suffering you've been going through. Jesus loves you. He died for you, but he also rose for you and is seated at the right hand of God. And he's seated there now calling out your name. That's why you're watching this. It was not a coincidence. And I pray that you will pray. Now, I'm going to pray a prayer. And I don't often do this on the Weekly Kingdom Outlook, but I'm going to do this and pray a prayer. Now, a prayer is not enough unless you mean it. You have to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. You have to know that Jesus, is a, he doesn't want your sin, by the way. He wants your life. You have to, you have to give him your life. So let's pray. Father, I thank you right now. Insert your name. I come to you right now, Father. 
and I ask that you save my life. Forgive me of my sins and my, 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 my own ways, but also deliver me from my choices and my decisions and my pain and sorrow. Deliver me from what is hurting and what is causing me to walk so, so corruptly. I've tried to fill the void with the things of the world, and it does not work. And so I humbly come to you, and I come to your son, Jesus, and I ask him to be the Lord of my life. Thank you for dying on the cross for me and raising from the dead to be seated at the right hand of our Heavenly Father. Jesus, forgive me too and heal me and let your life and your spirit be in me from this day forward. I thank you for it. Amen. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer and you were sincere and you would like to um, you would like to know more. If you will DM me or even put a comment below, I will give you a link to a series I have on the cross of Jesus and what it actually did for you. It's a $50 series, but I will give it to you for free. I won't charge you a penny. This is my gift for those who come to Christ, and I want you to know the goodness that is with them. It has videos and it has uh, a manual, so you can read that. And then I will be more than happy to talk to you if I if it need be, and you need uh, uh, someone to pray with, and we will have that conversation together privately, off the books. Nobody needs to know. It'll just be between you and me. I pray that you will hear this, see this, do this, receive this, and and know what it means to be born again in the power and love of Jesus. Now, if you did pray the prayer and you're not in Jacksonville, Florida and everything, go to a Bible, spirit-filled church in your area. Tell them you have received Christ by watching some nut on YouTube, but you need to be water baptized. I need to get water baptized and get baptized and say, would you pray for me for the spirit? This is according to the book of Acts, what they did. Do it. Uh, when you get baptized, when you come up out of the water, it's the old man in the water, new man that comes out. There is a spiritual thing that happens, and you want to do it, and I want you to do it. Now, you can also download the Gate Church of Jacksonville app. Go onto your mobile device, type in, in the, your app store, the Gate Church of Jacksonville. Okay, if you do that, you will see my... Uh, you'll see the gate logo there, and um, and what I would what have you do is download that, and then there is a series on there called Foundations. If you scroll down through it, and it will teach you all these things about uh, faith, baptism, Holy Spirit filled, what to do to walk out your victory. So go ahead and do that. I love you. I really do. Not here to judge you. I can judge the what. I just don't judge the who. Don't wait. Sometimes it's too late. I love you. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.